This is all theater. This is all just political theater. Political theater. Political theater. Pure political theater. Theater. Political theater. The nefarious, significant, and protracted political, political, political theater for political theater's sake. I yield back. From Washington, this is Political Theater. Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Dick. Yellowstone is a television game changer, created by Taylor Sheridan and John Lisson, and starring a sprawling cast anchored by Kevin Costner. It tells the story of the fictional Yellowstone Dutton Ranch in Montana and its conflicts with an urbanizing state, Native Americans, and other neighbors and rivals. It has already spurred two spinoff prequels, 1883 and 1923, with more to come. Among its prominent themes is dispensing with many Hollywood cliches about indigenous people, instead portraying the complicated and rich cultural, political, and personal lives of Native Americans. Mo Brings Plenty and Michael Spears are actors in this Yellowstone universe and were recently on Capitol Hill to be part of an event that was put on by the Senate Indian Affairs Committee and the Congressional Native American Caucus. Among the issues they discussed were the treatment of Native Americans as the West was being developed and the relationship of tribal members to the federal and state governments around them. Mo, Michael, welcome to Political Theater. Thank you very much. Let's start before we get into some of the stuff that uh, that y'all were doing on Capitol Hill. Um, you know, our, our podcast is is uh, our, our kind of audience is people who are interested in politics, not necessarily professional politicians, but people who are interested in politics uh, and 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 how pop culture you know interacts with politics. Before we get into that, I'm just kind of curious. Like, why don't you talk a little bit about your journeys as actors getting to this place? Getting to be, you know, like, you know, your, your, your career started very early. You know, Mike, Michael, you were uh, in, in Dances with Wolves uh, year, years and years ago. Uh, but you've both been doing this for a long time. Why don't we talk about your journeys to this point? And then we'll start talking about a little bit about what you were discussing on Capitol Hill. Who wants to go first? Go ahead, Monsieur. My, uh, my journey, my, my uh, I guess, let me see here. I guess, I guess I can start way back when, when I was... 11 years old, uh, back in 1989, I had the opportunity to play uh, Otter in uh, Dances with Wolves with, again, with uh, Mr. Costner and, and TIG Productions. Um, I was 11 years old and I tried out uh, at a fairgrounds in Stanley County. I went and rolled an old nag around a barrel, couldn't even get it to run, but uh, they liked my look, pulled me out of a line and the rest is history. And, and, and Michael, you've also been in really some touchstone series as well concerning Native Americans, most prominently uh, Reservation Dogs, uh, which, uh, you know, is about to start. Uh, we were talking off mic here. You're about to fly to Oklahoma uh, and start uh, filming on the third season, too. I am. Yeah, I was uh, fortunate enough to land the role of Danny, one of the fifth Reservation Dogs who had uh, chose to take his old life. and. And I play his father in the series, and um, I have another episode here coming up, which I'm looking forward to going and hanging out with some of the the cronies. Our native uh, acting community is is somewhat small. You know, everybody kind of knows everyone. Everybody uh, is, at least in the circles that I run in, are pretty close knit. And and uh, I'm just looking forward to uh, reuniting with some of the old collas and making some people laugh. How about you, Mo? Uh, my journey is not as long as Michael's, but uh, you know, it's been <laughs> what been. I've been at it 
I've been at it and and it's been a struggle because then it all boils down to representation. And um and so when you don't have the proper representation, it makes your it makes your two-day journey into a 20-year process almost. And and so um been really hard at it and just trying to get my foot in the door here and there. And and um, you know, I've been fortunate enough and blessed to to come across and meet Taylor Sheridan and get to work on Yellowstone. That was kind of the the catalyst to to throw me over that little wall or that hump that that I've been trying to scale up, you know, like that little itty bitty spider trying to crawl up the wall and it rain every once in a while when it felt like I was getting to the top and then back down and start over again. And so, you know, and then also too, you know, as an American Indian, you know, I look at at what where we where we've been at and and the struggles that we've all been in. And and really, my my whole thing is that it comes down to casting directors, and and so when casting directors ain't ain't really truly looking for American Indian people, it, it makes makes us you know it, it makes it more difficult for us to to try to get into that realm. And so um, now I could say that I feel really truly blessed, you know, in meeting the right allies and coming across the right folks to to make things happen. And so um, just really a great honor and pleasure and very humble to be in this position. And I want to come back to this, you know, the issue of representation, because it's, I mean, in, in, you know, acting Hollywood had this long tradition of, of having people like, you know, Sal Mineo play <laughs> Native Americans. Um, and it wasn't, wasn't a good look that, I mean, they didn't just do that with Native Americans, but with a lot of, a lot of people of different uh, races and cultures, you know, portrayed by, you know, another, another white guy. But I also think it, it's, it's amazing how, how much of the culture is there in front of us and, and we don't know about it. And, and just a small example, I, I just recently took a long trip to San Francisco and I had never been to Alcatraz and, you know, I mean, I watch a lot of movies I love Alcatraz movies. Uh, I actually I watch a lot of movies about the West and you know and its politics. And uh, it wasn't until recently that I understood the grasp of how long the the American Indian occupation of Alcatraz went on uh, in in the uh, in, in the years after Alcatraz was decommissioned as a prison. And and when you go to the island, it's still there. I mean, it, it, it you know the the the, the signage is there uh, that you're on Indian land. I mean, the, it's part of the program. But it's like even this big iconic thing in American history, Alcatraz Island, the the Native American part of it, which is more recent <laughs> than the stuff from the Clint Eastwood movies, you know, and so forth, uh, is is almost absent from our history, and it's just crazy to me. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I think really for me, the first Native film I've ever seen, or not Native film, but the net first film I've really, really saw actual real Native in was um, The Outlaw Josie Wales. And mm -hmm. when Chief Dan George was, you know, part of that cast, it, it was, you know, it breathed a little bit of hot, you know, hope into a lot of folks that was in the business because it felt, it seemed like, well, it appeared that there were people that actually cared to get and cast, you know, Native people. And and again, it all stems from it starts with casting directors, you know, and and so, uh, and then of course there was a, a span where there was a huge gap, and then Dances of Wolves came about, you know, and before that there was Bob Hope, Iron Eyes Cody who was a full blooded Italian portraying us. I mean, you know, it was there was a, a large amount of people 
Uh, and that's, a, you know, that's been that's really the main issues of why society doesn't believe that we still exist and that we are very much a part of society, you know, because we don't have the true cultural representation and people who know the culture representing us or getting those opportunities. Yeah, for sure. No, I just uh, was going to reflect on on the first uh, movie that that I can recall. Um, I think it was a film back in the eighties, nineteen eighty eighty one. I think I would have been three or four, and uh, it was called Windwalker. And uh, oh, I remember Windwalker. Yeah, I saw that Cottonwood Earth and yeah, some Pawnees in it. And I remember watching that film with my dad, thinking, you know, he he said uh, this is this is a really good. Uh, representation of of what communication would have been like between father and son, and uh, he had uh, he always used to reference it and uh, uh, saying that you know this is this is the type of communication that I'd like between us. You know, my father since passed, and and uh, that film uh, uh, still kind of resonates with me just because of uh, well, Chief Dan George was in that as well, and uh, he actually played yeah. the the windwalker, you know, the man who who woke mm. up on that scaffolding and uh, uh, those two Cheyenne boys, I, I'm not too sure what their names were, if they continued on in the acting business or not, but it definitely fueled my uh, inspiration uh, to become an actor and to want to portray and keep the integrity of my people. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think that's probably one of the first movies that I saw where, you know, actual Native Americans were represented. I saw it at the Old Town Theater in Cottonwood in like 82 or 83, something like wow. that. So, wow. um, uh, Michael, in, in 1923, that series more than, you know, kind of the other ones gets into, you know, the what happened, especially to Native American children as part of the federal government's assimilation process. And this is also a topic for uh, what y'all were talking about up on Capitol Hill with uh, Senate Indian Affairs and, and uh, the Native American Caucus. Why don't you talk a little bit about, about the history of that? Because again, I think it's one of those things that's it's, it's there in plain sight, but not a lot of people know about what happened. Well, 1923 takes place exactly about a hundred years ago. And I believe the importance of uh, natives today telling these stories, you know, is 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 uh, unprecedented. It's very, very important. You know, like America's built on the idea that, you know, we're the best country in the world, and and where does that come from? You know, it comes from storytelling. It comes from oration. Um, even today, some of you know our kids are taught uh, history that's extremely whitewashed and. Uh, including my own children, you know, they, they uh, do projects and, and talk about uh, American history as if, you know, we're part of the past and, and uh, it hurts. Um, and I believe 1923, uh, you know, they're setting a new standard for honest representation for uh, native history in America, you know, beings that, that idea that we're in the best country in the world and, and, uh, you know, our own children don't even really know, what we've been through, uh, honestly. So very few people, you know, they know the reservations. They used to be prison camps. We weren't allowed to leave and we were forced to take up American forms of labor. That's, you know, really contradictory to the way, uh, Lakota people or, or native people, uh, raise children. And, uh, at the time when when this was when you know nineteen twenty three was a very volatile time for for native people in America, 
you know, we could be in prison for just practicing our culture, for, for praying, for singing. Um, even the year I was born, 1977, it was still illegal to do our ceremonies until the following year, you know, 1978, the Freedoms of Religions Act. And, uh, you know, we're just now starting to get a count even of, of uh, how many kids were genocided through the residential schools. So right now, I think the numbers are upwards of 4,200 that they found uh, that are still missing. And, and uh, uh, you know, in order to get a handle on all this, I think the, that the stories making their way into the classrooms, into the media, and it's going to play a big uh, role in, in the awakening of, of our, gener- our seventh generation and the children, you know, being told the truth and having honest representation in Hollyweird. <laughs> and what was it like being on Capitol Hill talking about this? Because, you know, it, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it, we're, we're still grasping, you know, with, with the magnitude of like how we treated Native Americans, what federal policy was on it. What was it like being in the center of power, you know, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, Native American actors, people who have, you know, a, a platform and also being, you know, right there in the Capitol Visitor Center with, with members of Congress and, and people interested. Talk about what that was like to, to talk about those issues, you know, as, as you know, as, as part of, you know, your, your work. Well, as part, of, as part of my work as an actor is to, uh, you know, bring to life the, the written word and the vision of the director uh, and the writer. Um, as an actor, you know, I, I, I look at it from, of course, a, a, a tactical or a, a job perspective. And, and I want to do my best as, as an actor, thespian, to, to bring to life these, these uh, raw human emotions that, that really hit center. So being, being in Washington and in, in some of them spaces that uh, my relatives have previously occupied and was a, was a bit surreal for me. Uh, you know, being in the films, it's it's in, in Hollywood. It's you kind of feel a little disconnect for me anyway. I feel a little, I felt a little disconnect from the people and and uh, from what was going on in prior productions. But with 1923, it, it uh, you know it's making a difference. It uh, then feelings that I had on Capitol Hill were real. You know, we talked about everything from personal experiences of boarding schools to. Uh, you know, the, the assimilation of my people, which is a very emotional topic. And, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I can say that I was brought to tears while I was on the, on the floor, you know, thinking of my grandmas and my grandpas, and even my own mother who was sent off to, uh, uh, a residential Christian school being forced to, uh, you know, pray in, in their way and, and save the, save the man and, and kill the Indian. So, uh, the, all, all of them topics, uh, hit my heart cord, you know, right away. And uh, being there in the center, hearing, hearing um, the effect that media has on members of the Congress uh, was a real eye opener for me. Uh, it uh, fueled and, and gave me some more inspiration to, to help me with my path in life. Uh, it definitely inspired me and to keep going because there's been a lot of times in this industry where I, I wanted to quit. I didn't I didn't want to be an actor anymore. You know, seeing roles go to non-natives that still happens today. You know, we still have people uh, placating, playing native. Uh, 
but for us to be all sitting there and all Lakota sitting there um, was a, a moment uh, of triumph as well. Uh, members of Congress came in and, and of course they had to vote that day. And so it was, it was real informal uh, getting, not getting to meet some of the, the congressmen. But uh, other than that, I feel we made a pretty meaningful connection with our audience and also helping to introduce the bill. That was very important. Yeah, Mo, you've, uh, you're in addition to your role as, as uh, Mo, one of uh, uh, you know, Chief Rainwater in, in Yellowstone's kind of uh, uh, not really an assistant. He's uh, more of a heavy. Right? <laughs> you know, you're kind of a heavy dude, um, but you're also a cultural advisor for both uh, for all three of the of the series. And what were these issues? Were the, were the topics you know that that you're you're exploring in each one of these? And each you know each each of these has a, is you know its its own sort of approach and and um, and and vibe. But were these issues top of mind for the people? you know, who are, you know, like making the, the top decisions with these series, because it does feel like this is a, a, a different kind of portrayal of Native Americans than we've seen in a lot of, in a, in a lot of the history of, of Hollywood. Um, and it, it feels very much like that your, your input is there. I mean, was it, was it that way at the very beginning? Did it, did it come, would it develop? Like, what was it like being part of that as a cultural advisor? Oh, it was there right from the very start because Taylor Sheridan, he spent time with the Lakota people and several, you know, a couple of different families participated in ceremonies and he's heard the stories and witnessed things with his own eyes. And so, you know, he totally understands and gets it. And so that's the game changer. As people learn about others and their culture, then they are they have the ability to to be that bridge, to be the, you know, you know, for a space for the people's voice to be heard. And so, you know, it, it was it's a spectacular transition because we went from being the villains to now you're beginning to see and understand the victimization that has been bestowed upon the people, you know, through the character Tiona Rainwater, you know, and all the others, all those little children at the boarding schools, you know, and 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 um these the the people, the characters, if you look at their story, they didn't ask to be there. They they didn't make that choice it was forced upon him and that was what we had that opportunity to share all of that you know and like michael said and so it's huge and and to have a an ally a, a friend and and a support system in taylor sheridan you know and paramount as well paramount network and you know and, and paramount plus and along with 101 studios you know we're now we're actually when people hear about us and as their society is educated, because if you look at film and television, it just isn't about entertaining. You know, it's also inspiration. You find inspiration in that and edu you're being educated because unfortunately a lot of society, you know, you will not believe the questions that I get because someone sees a, a show back in the day. You know, people have these assumptions that we still live in teepees, that you know we're 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 stuck back in time, and and so with Yellowstone, uh, 1823, you're getting to see a whole another side of us, and and a lot of it is based on reality, and um, you know so I'm just thankful for Taylor for having that that courage, and and the willingness to tell that side of us, you know, and give us that opportunity and space, and so it just. It's just it's astounding and it's amazing. And so when when society hears about it and they're educated in it, 
then of course the the question's going to rise, you know. And so when politicians know that their communities are being not, you know, have a lot more knowledge in what had occurred, oh, yeah, they're going to do something about it. Of course, it's going to be in their thought, you know, in their thoughts. And so they they may say something about it or they may take action on it, which is always the best thing about it, and support of what needs to happen to so that the survivors who've been through those through that system, because we're all survivors. It didn't end when our parents became adults and had us as children. You know, I mean, I look at Carlisle Indian School. Out of the thousands upon thousands of children that were stripped away from their families and sent there, 151 of them graduated and that was it. You know, and so when the people went back, when these children went back to their communities, they, they, they took that pain they took that frustration, that anger went with them. So as the, the doors of these boarding schools closed, the wounds were still wide open and, and it still affected. I, I look at my own father. My father has never has never gave me a hug. My father can never tell, you know, never told me he loved me, you know, and, and, and because it's I, I've never seen my father as. The rest of probably you got to see the side of your parents or, or other children got to, see, you know, in today's time, get to see their their parents, you know, and, and I understand and I get it because of the system that he's been through, what he's witnessed and experienced, you know, it was tough. And those their wounds just don't close up on their own. And, and so they will always continue to feel victimized until the system that victimized them finally steps up and says, okay, hey, we messed up. We are sorry. We are wrong. And now the government's going to do something about it to make this right. That's how we begin, you know, that healing system. And, and so on a nation-to-nation basis, because we are still a nation of people, and when we go, come to that relationship, how do, you, how do you strengthen that relationship? Because our people still join the armed forces Per capita, we make up the largest percentage of, of 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 a race of people that are in the armed forces today, and so we are doing our part to to build a strong relationship. So I think it's time that these congressmen, senators, all do theirs as well to say, "Hey, okay, look, we can't change the past, but let's do something today to make a better future for all of our people." Yeah, and do you do you want to talk a little bit about the you know the the legislation you know that 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 was that's being discussed you know the the you know to to sort of to do what you're you're talking about to make make some amends and and to move on. Yeah, for for us, you have uh, there's a great organization that is spearheaded by uh, Deborah and her crew and they are doing an amazing job and they are working hard they have a the healing of boarding schools um organization and and they are the ones who are at the forefront of that battle and so it was just amazing for us you know for cole for michael and i to all be there to show that support and what they are doing and their efforts you know um and and we have a platform and that platform is really not ours, it is theirs. And, and it belongs to the people. And so we wanna always be in support of what needs to be said and done to, to help support any positive change. 
you know, and the efforts that people are putting forth to to make things good things happen, you know, because again, when we begin that healing process, and and as these stories are being told, we're taking a step in the right direction. Yeah, and I should mention too the the uh, Deborah you're uh, uh, referencing is Deborah Parker, uh, whose organization, the National Native American Boarding School Healing Healing Coalition, is 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 pushing you know the 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 you know in, in getting Congress to talk about like can we can we make these you know can we can we kind of move into a, a healing phase of of this of what happens acknowledge it and 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 sort of make people whole. Um, and it, it's, uh, and I, I should also mention too, that our, you were, you were there also with, uh, uh, brings plenty, uh, who wasn't able to join us unfortunately today, but you know, there was a, a sort of a show of force there for, for your, uh, for your colleagues. I also, um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, I just real, real quickly, this is more of a movie geeks, uh, question than, <laughs> than a policy, uh, politics one, which is that, um, I, I, before um before we you know sort of rolled tape uh here I, I was telling michael that i'm 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 from arizona and i grew up on a cattle ranch and i, I even taught uh in four uh, four corners area at a, at a rock point community school which was a a local school board that had contracted with the bia they were but the people in the community were in charge uh it was a bilingual bicultural uh school and i I've always been struck not just with Yellowstone, but also with Sheridan's other projects like the the movie Wind River uh, and also Hell and High Water, which is not about natives, you know, Americans, but but is about the West, it's sort of you know modern Western. Just how real it feels. <laughs> um, I mean, just down to I mean, you you guys have probably been on set with people who can't really ride a horse, and if you grew up riding a horse, you know what that looks like. They're you know they're bouncing up and down like this. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, it, and even before I learned to really ride a horse, I remember my father pointed out we were watching uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, and he pointed out he's like, look at Henry Fonda. That man knows how to ride a horse. It, it's like he's gliding. Uh, and, and that, but just those details, those small things, that must be such a relief for you to, to work with a guy like Taylor who just gets it. Like, this is how people hold a gun. Actually, this is how people ride a horse. This is what a reservation looks like, uh, in, in Montana outside of Bozeman. I mean, like, it's just, it's such a, a, it's gotta be a different feeling. (laughs) Man, it's awesome. Taylor, he's a, you know, he's a real hands-on individual, you know, and, and, uh, uh, seeing how he works with with the people was a real inspiration to me, uh, and just that uh, you know he he uh, created this thing called Cowboy Camp uh, before every uh, production, and that uh, gives uh, the cast uh, an opportunity to uh, get in touch with the horses that they're riding, make sure you can ride if there's any stunts, whatever you know the the coordinators come out, and and it's all really about communication, you know, and and, and he does that and exemplifies that very well, you know, and, and in turn it rubs off on everybody else on set. So, you know, he's a good communicator and, and, and in turn gives us the opportunity to communicate and, and our voices to be heard. So that just, that makes for a, a friendly, a beautiful work environment. You know, we all kind of create a little family there when we're on set and everybody watches out for each other and, and, uh, you know, everyone's comfortable with, with what they're doing you know, it was really, I was really grateful to see the consultation that's happened between the production and Mo, because, you know, the production's willingness to touch base with Native actors and to make sure the authenticity's there. You know, I've been on a lot of shows where my perspective was just an afterthought, you know, and most Natives were just being used as props, background stuff. So, 
you know, Mo and I maintaining connections with our community and the elders that we're working on is part of, I think, our responsibility to make sure that we we do and we respect the real life history and experiences of our relatives, our people. It's really great to work with the uh, production and, and people that uh, welcome that. Was it was it odd that one of the people you know who was uh, a part of this event to uh, John Tester, you know, who's the chair of the the uh, or, or previous chair of Indian Affairs, was also from Montana <laughs> because you deal with like the the, the fictional uh, you know Montana senator and governor and and you know now Dutton. Spoiler alert for everybody: you know, John Dutton eventually becomes governor. Uh, but was was it weird to to interact with an actual Montana <laughs> uh, uh, office holder uh, like Tester, who is larger than life in some ways, right? <laughs> yeah. He's uh, definitely from Montana. I remember working with, well, not personally, but my, actually my manager used to be, uh, used to be on a part of his team and did all of his hair and makeup and everything for his political ads when he was just starting here in Montana. So uh, to see where he started and, and ended up and, and he gave shout outs to, you know, to the Montana uh, people there. And uh, we didn't really get a too big of a chance to visit because as I said earlier, they were uh, voting uh, that yeah. day. So he was in and out and gave his support and, and uh, made his quick exit with his little entourage. And, but being from Montana, it was nice to see the support and, and actually hear and, and see the, the reaction that 1923 gave congressmen and women and their families and, and the, uh, the push that that it uh, ensued after to uh, get this bill on the floor. And Mo, I mean, actually, but both of you, Mo, you and Michael are both, you know, Lakotas and, and the, you know, the, the Lakota Sioux, um, you know, people are, you know, perhaps, you know, a real focal point of Native American activism, particularly in the 70s with what happened on the Pine Ridge Reservation. Have you, what kind of feedback have you gotten from, from the people who uh, who are watching this that you know are watching back home and are, are probably your toughest critics in some ways. They, they're, they're not just our toughest critics, but they're also our greatest support. Um, you know, and the feedback that I've received is nothing but positive, you know, and it's very enlightening and just, you know, again, all that support that is had there and, and from the grassroots elders, like Michael said, that's that, you know, the grandmother's opinion really, truly matters and, and what they say goes. And so to have their support is so it's a blessing. And um, I, I just love it. I love it. I love what we're doing. I love well, because of what Taylor's doing. I love that opportunity that we have to to support that storyline and to support that voice and be a, a character in ourselves, not just background, like Michael said, that we've been for so long. And, and so it's, you know, and the people are, are truly behind us 100%. And, and so I, it's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Well, Mo, Michael, thank you so much for, for talking about, you know, your work uh, and, and your communities. I mean, this has been a real pleasure talking to you. Um, you know, the, the people uh, are not fans of Yellowstone. Uh, it is just a click away on Paramount Plus in 1923 and, and uh, 1883 and then also some of your other, you know, projects. You know, again, uh, uh, Reservation Dogs is a, is a great show. Um, I, I wish you all the best and, and thank you again uh, for for spending some time talking about, uh, you know, with, with us about what's going on uh, in your world here at Political Theater. 
Thank you very much, Jason. Sure, appreciate this opportunity. Thank you for the courage that 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 it need, was needed to communicate this. You know, it's uh, kudos again to the production, nineteen twenty three. You know, this all makes me think of 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 one word, and that's courage, because it does take courage to uh, stand up in front of your your own peers and and say, hey, you know, the, watch this, look at this. This is the truth. Sometimes the truth hurts, but it's beautiful. Ahu, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.